Welcome into Paydirt Sports. This is Will Dunnan with Nick Trucial and Reese Bennett opening up. Uh, we're going to talk about kind of the last, this past weekend in college football. And guys, before I kind of get into my personal pain of college football, I do want to say I love college football. This is the best <laughs> sport on the planet. It's crazy. No matter, like, even though my, like, I went half and half on my teams kind of succeeding this weekend with a heartbreaker. I mean, guys, Alabama, A&M, Reese, I'm going to throw it over to you in a second. But, I mean, we even talked about it a little bit last week. How even we kind of, I think I even said, you know, Alabama and Georgia kind of seem like they're in a tier on their own. And I'm kind of one to usually say, you know, let's let's hold off on crowning people. Because I think that's one thing. Fans love to go ahead and crown, hey, this is the best team ever. They're so much better than everyone. And we just got to see, I mean, people who thought Alabama were was heads and shoulders above everyone else besides maybe Georgia. I mean, they go they go into College Station and lose to an unranked A&M team who, like I said, I'll throw it over to you in a second, but when we watched that A&M-Mississippi State game together last week, I didn't say it to you because I didn't want to hurt your feelings or bash on you too hard. But I was thinking, this A&M team sucks. Calzada does not have it. It's going to be hard for them to win that many games this year with him at quarterback. But obviously, something happened. So, Reese, you were there. You were at the game. You were part of the 12th man. So just go ahead and talk about your experience. Well, boys, first of all, it's good to be back. And I'm, I'm excited about this episode because, tell you what, after a week of pain last week, for me, this weekend was literally incredible. I, I You couldn't have drawn it up any better. It was so awesome to be a part of the 12th man on Saturday night. We go um, take on Alabama, get the win, last second field goal. It was it was the most electric atmosphere I've ever been a part of in sports. And I and I was at the seven overtime game against LSU two years ago. And that, I mean, it's it's still up there. I mean, it's kind of a tie between me, my favorite game so far. But, oh, my God, beating Alabama at home, you know, they're number one ranked. It was, it was incredible. I, I'm, like, speechless almost. The whole game I was, like, on the edge of my seat. And, you know, we come out hot. We're winning 24-10 to 10 at halftime against Alabama. And the stadium goes wild as the team runs back into the locker room at halftime. Like, it, it was hard not to get, like, too excited because, you know, we're playing Alabama. They're number one. Like, you know, they can always make a comeback and they can always put a team down. But, oh, my God, we pulled it out and we did it. I'm, y'all, y'all are gonna have to jump in because I just got so much to say and I can't even like keep my head on track of what I want to talk about. It's yeah, nuts. well, I think the funniest part about all this is last week, listening to you be in such pain over the Mississippi State game, and really we talked about what your expectations were before the season, and you said, you know, I was hoping to be going into this Alabama game thinking we had a chance to win <laughs> yeah. and everything. You know, you thought you'd be a top five yeah, team undefeated and while, going in. Yeah, while you're you weren't a top five team going in it's I mean do you do you feel like it it was worth it in a way I mean I I don't want to that that sounds weird right because you would obviously love to be undefeated but at the same time if you would have told yourself before hey we're gonna lose a couple games we're gonna lose our quarterback but we're gonna beat Alabama like and week six I mean very few fans get to say that so I mean honestly I, I it was worth it I mean of course 
oh, I was in so much pain after dropping two games in a row to Arkansas and Mississippi State, and like it was just terrible because we were pre preseason ranked number six in the nation after coming off a huge Orange Bowl victory last season. You know, we're all excited for A and M. Like this was supposed to be our year where we take that step, we get to the college football playoff, and we win the SEC West. And of course, you know. It was in shambles after last week's loss, but I mean, as a Texas A&M fan who has just been beaten down by Alabama, just like almost every other team, been beaten down ever since we joined the SEC, like to have a win like that and to just come out and play hard, it, oh my God, yeah, I mean, it's worth it. I, It was crazy. I, I'm still like on a high from that win and being at the game with all 102,000 other fans. It was nuts. Well, people may laugh at me for saying this, but at the same time, we just saw what happened this past week. A&M is not out of the hunt for the West exactly, Division. Yeah. That's yeah. what's crazy about it. college football season is wild. Like, you know, we'll see what happens, but, you know, there's still a shot we can be at the top of the division. Alabama loses again. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. But it's, it's not over until the fat lady sings. How insane would that be if we saw an SEC championship without Al? I think we actually did see it. When didn't they miss the SEC championship was it one Georgia, year? Georgia Auburn. It, yeah, it would yeah, have had to have was, been. And it was still, Georgia Auburn and Georgia they, trounced them. Well, and did they still sneak in the playoff? Yeah, they, that did. Year? they did. They, they did. did. But I mean, if you're a two-loss Alabama team and you don't make, they're not going to the playoff. There's Pro- no way. No, no. A two-loss team without a conference championship? No, no, you can't get and in. Like you were saying, with how good the the Big Ten is this year, it's going to be tough for anybody in the SEC with two losses to get in. Well, and that's what this past week just shows me the SEC and the Big Ten both are going to be super competitive going forward. We have no idea who's going to come out of the Big Ten. Georgia, I guess, looks like the front runner right now, but they could lose to Florida, you know? Yeah. I mean. Or Tennessee. (laughs) I mean. I mean, you don't know what's going to happen. After what we saw, no one can. that's, That's the one thing I hate about fans is people will just write teams off and this was probably the first time I've really done that because just after watching A&M the week before I was thinking they're not they got no shot yeah, in, no in this game but I mean going into every game no matter how bad my team is whoever I'm cheering for I never just write it off no matter who right. we're playing right? there's always a chance you think, there's always a chance was... yeah and and like we were talking about like we had high hopes as Texas A&M fans. We had high hopes coming into the season. Of course, we lost the two. And I had this game marked on my calendar for a long time. I was going to go. I had planned on going for a long time. And, you know, we'd lose the two. And, you know what, I didn't care. Like, regardless of being 3-2 and two at the time before the game, I'm still going to go. And I honestly, I had like 5% hopefulness that A&M would win this game. Because... We just had terrible play from the quarterback in the past two weeks, and we just didn't look good. We dropped a terrible game to Mississippi State, and I was, you know, I was there to have a good time, see all my friends, and enjoy. But when I got there, um, and I on Saturday we're all tailgating, I see all the fans. Like there was a there was an awesome atmosphere. Like everyone was excited. It was beautiful weather. You know, obviously we're playing Alabama, but like. It wasn't really everyone being like, "Ah, oh, you know, this like, is great. Oh, this we're gonna is, we're gonna lose, but this is still fun." There was actually like kind of a an underlying unspoken aura about like of wait, all the Texas gonna do fans this. and all the people there. Like, yeah, you know what? Hey, let's come out and play. And I told my buddy, we're sitting there on the third row, great seats, like possibly the best seats in the house. We're sitting there on the third row, and 
I see that first drive, AM comes out and gets a field goal. And, you know, we didn't score a touchdown, but I told him, I'm like, dude, this team looks like AM looks like we came to play today. Yeah. Like they came out there running on all cylinders and and you know what? It ended up that we did come out to play. We we had their number that day. It was it was un unreal. And I I still can't get over it. And that was the second most people, it was second highest attendance game in Texas A&M history. Like the stadium was packed. And I tell everyone I talk to about college football and we discuss stadiums and stuff, in my mind, and I might be a little biased, there is no better atmosphere than Kyle Field for a big game at night with 102,000 plus. And the entire student section is just standing on their feet. I don't know if you guys knew this, but A&M fans, you know, mostly the student section, even some dedicated like alumni and that kind of stuff, we stand on our feet for the entire game. And I love that. Yeah, I love that, yeah. It's it's something, it's a tradition that we've always done. And with the entire student section, like the entire like uh, eastern side of the stadium, standing the entire game, waving the flags, it is so loud. And at night, everything just gets more intense. And it was it was unreal. Well, I think like what you said a second ago about how the atmosphere, even before the game, fans were thinking, hey, Wait we're playing number yeah. one. Let's go ahead and just we go out there and lose. try to do it. Exactly. We had nothing to lose. I think that's what makes sports so great. And I think it was Jawan Jennings who said it a couple years ago when Tennessee was going into Tuscaloosa to play Alabama. And he came out and said, you know, if you're – if you can't get excited about playing the number one team in the country, I don't know why you're out here playing football. Yeah. And I think that's the mentality that a lot of fans in the SEC or of traditionally, you know, good football programs for the most part or in traditionally good football conferences have that mentality a lot. You know, I don't think a lot of people go in thinking, oh, we're just going to get crushed. And that's what makes it exciting is because once you get to kickoff, you think, hey, if we can just come out this first drive or this first, if we can just hang in there. We have a shot. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. And, and that's a sign of the great fan bases like like Texas A&M, like Nebraska, like Ohio State, name who you want to. But the fans are loyal, like to a fault. Like they will do anything. And, you know, I, I have no doubt that 102,000 people being in that stadium against Alabama, even though the hopes were low, we made an effect on the game because, you know, Alabama had a few false starts and, you know, they had to call a couple timeouts because it was so loud. Honestly, I felt like sometimes we were too loud when the offense for A&M was on the field. I was like, Hey, you know, chill out, let them, <laughs> let them play. It was, it was crazy. And, you know, I knew going into this game that, or into the season rather that Texas A&M, we have what, what we like to call in the industry. We have some dudes. We have playmakers on both sides of the ball. Devon A. Chain returned to kickoff, and I've got a stat for you. That that kickoff return was unreal. He he found a crease and he outran everybody on the field. And I watched some highlights later, and the announcer goes, "He has world class speed," and which he does. He's a state champion, like two hundred meter runner in Texas. He's probably the fastest guy on the field when he's out there. But I knew we had dudes and Calzada, even though he'd been so bad. And I would like to apologize to Zach Calzada. Um, for slandering him as a player, not a not a man or not a student or a, an Aggie, but as a player the last two weeks, he he wasn't that great. And I would like to apologize because, you know what, he got a couple of games under his belt and he came out on Saturday night against Alabama and balled out. He looked poised. He looked confident and comfortable. And, you know, we, we called him the Cuban Missile and we made fun of him because he just 
could not throw a ball under 100 miles an hour, and he had some throws that happened right in front of me that he put some touch on, and he looked like a totally different person. It was awesome. But yeah, Devon A-Chain on that kickoff return, he hit a speed of 22.2 miles per hour, which is nuts, and he outran everybody on the field. And Alabama, make no mistake, they have some unreal athletes, and even on special teams, like, and Devon A-Chain for Texas A&M outran all of them. It was awesome. Yeah, I mean, just an insane game overall. Jimbo, heck of a job coming yeah. out and coaching that oh, team. Yeah. Even just getting the troops rallied to go in up. and play them. They were ready to go. The boys were ready to go. And Reese, I totally agree with you. Stadiums like that, home field advantage means so much. Oh, I don't absolutely. care who you're playing. That's it, or I don't care what who you are. That's an intimidating setting to be in when you have that many people being that loud all game. It just, oh, yeah. It's got to get to you. It at is some even point. for a number one team like Alabama that that can get to some guys, and especially you know this happens across all the games this year, especially after COVID last year and stadiums weren't full. Like some of the guys on both sides, but especially Alabama this week, guys Bryce Young hadn't played in front of a crowd, an opposing crowd like that. That's got to have something to do with it. I truly believe it. That's crazy to think about. I think yeah. a lot of people are not thinking about that in the fact that a lot of these young guys, especially these freshmen or guys who haven't started before, literally have not played in front of an uh, environment like that in an away game, in a true road game. They haven't played a true road game until this year. Yeah. And I'll get off my high horse here in a second, but you know, this was something cool. So last year, um, Texas A&M beat Florida at home. And we won on a field goal. The score was 38-38 to against Florida last year with two seconds left. We make a 26-yard field goal to win and beat Dan Mullen in Florida when they had a great team um, with Kyle Trask and Pitts and Kadarius Toney. And this year on Saturday, Texas A&M is tied with Alabama 38-38, to two seconds left, and we went on a field goal. Like, Kind of crazy stat that like we do that in back to back years. Stats, yeah. yeah, next level stats. And I was, like I said, in the third row, packed stadium, and it was kind of you know we're leading for most of the game except for like five or six minutes in the fourth quarter when Alabama took a lead. But when we tied the game, and honestly in like the entire fourth quarter when we tied the game, and then we make a stop on Alabama's next drive and we get the ball back and we're start driving down the field, there was like, it was almost unsaid. There was a, a feeling that came across, a wave that came across the entire stadium that like, okay, if we win, we score, we win, we make this field goal, everyone is going onto the field. Literally everyone. I, I could just feel it like in my soul, the deepest parts of my football brain and body. And within 15 seconds of that ball going through the uprights, I was on the field sprinting with everybody else. It was it was crazy and like not a drug guy, but it was a high. It was a football high for me to jump over the wall and run onto the field and celebrate, see all like just all these random people. Like we're all fans. We're like high fiving each other and giving each other hugs. Like we we took down number one. It was it was crazy. Yeah, and I'll kind of end the uh, review of this game on this note because I saw Bama fans have loved to start putting this out. They put out the. Uh, hey, you know when any other team beats Bama, they rush the field. And yeah. It's crazy. It's a huge upset because they beat number one. And then 
they love to say, when Bama beats number one, it's just another Saturday in Tuscaloosa. Okay, well, you just lost to an unranked Texas A&M team <laughs> who scored 10 points on Colorado State. Yeah. So I don't really care what you have to say. <laughs> this is hilarious. I'm definitely going to let them. And it's not like they said that about, you know, they say it about the people who rush the field against Bama is like, no offense, it's A&M, Ole Miss, uh, did Mississippi State beat them? I don't think. I don't know. They, did they beat them with Dak? Uh, maybe. I, think maybe I don't it was know. Close. But I know, like, Ole Miss has rushed the field on Auburn. them, and AM has rushed the field yeah, on them. Auburn. Auburn did on the kick six. Yeah, that's, that's like. That's a totally it, different yeah. story. But Ole Miss and AM, I mean, you're not playing. It's not Ohio State or something, exactly. You know what I yeah. mean? It's, it's programs that, yeah, I mean, that's going to be one of their biggest wins in school history. So stop. Get off your high horse. Yeah, and yeah. take your L. Yeah, take your L. Oh, take yeah, your they're L and they're leave. they're bad about taking their L. Like, yeah. you know, they're like, oh, celebrating. You're still, you know, four and two. Blah blah blah. And to close it out, I've got a couple stats. Uh, highest passing grade versus Alabama since 2019. Zach Calzada, 83.1, which is higher than anybody else. Justin Fields is next with 82.9, and Joe Burrow, 76.9. So, congrats to Zach Zach Calzada on. An unreal game, your coming out party, and uh, also congrats to all of Texas A&M because Alabama, since like 2007 when Nick Saban started, was 100 and 0 versus unranked teams, and you know what? It's 101 now since A&M took them down. There you That's go. awesome. And Jimbo is the first assistant coach who is as a head coach to beat. Right, uh, his former, yes. his yeah. former like Saban hasn't lost any yeah. of his any of his assistants. Wow, so, yeah, yeah, Jimbo's the Jimbo first one. It. Jimbo did it. Broke the seal. Maybe yeah. it'll maybe it'll happen more. The floodgates we'll might see. have opened. Thank you, Jimbo. And you know who? I know Alabama took an L here, but another kind of player took an L this weekend. Spencer Rattler. Yeah. I'm going to kick us off here with uh, the rest of college football. Oklahoma gets an insane win, but with Caleb Williams. Not Rattler. I was so happy to see that. I am not a big Spencer Rattler fan. I think he's a punk. I think he's cocky. Not a team guy at all. Some people started tweeting out some videos of him yeah, in high school talking to talking some of his crap teammates. to his receivers and getting in fights with them. And literally, his other teammates talking to him about how, "Hey, man, you're not a leader. You're a terrible leader, and you're just putting people down all yeah. the time." And he's like laughing, he's laughing about at it him, being like, "Man, you're just not any good. I'm good. I'm so good." Yes, Spencer Rattler, you're not that good, obviously. Yeah, well, you see, so Oklahoma, they put up 20 points in the first half compared to 38 against Texas. They put up 35 in the second half. Ended up Mm. coming back, beating Texas, crazy game. Caleb Williams, two touchdowns. Rattler, zero touchdowns and a pick. So I mean, he came, he came in and took the job. Caleb Williams, that is his job to lose now, in my opinion. Yeah, Riley hasn't announced it yet, but we'll see. I mean, clearly Caleb Williams gives you the best chance to better. win. Yeah. So maybe, you were going to lose that game if you don't put him in. Maybe the Oklahoma fans are were right to boo Spencer Rattler against West Virginia a few weeks ago. What yeah, I mean, that, he hasn't been good. Game. He hasn't been. They like Oklahoma's had a lot of close games yeah. that usually they they blow teams out and. Rattler just hasn't been able to get it done, so I say bench him. He's had a fall from grace from being a preseason like Heisman favorite, definitely. To me, also, this shows. I mean, this was a classic Big Twelve shootout, right? But I also think maybe the Big Twelve isn't as bad as we thought they were going to be. I think Texas is a little better than what I thought after seeing them play Arkansas. Oklahoma is still pretty good, and then you have teams like Oklahoma State, who I don't think have lost a game yet either. I don't. I really haven't watched them, so I'm kind of excited to see how they do against 
when they play Oklahoma, you know? So. Yeah. Also, just real quick, I wanted to give a shout out to all of the Aggie women out there, and that's all I need to say. <laughs> there you go. Reese had to get that shout out. Of- we also had a shootout, another one, over 100 points scored in the Ole Miss Arkansas game. Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. And I mean, I mean, what it all comes down to, right, is Arkansas goes down, scores a touchdown with no time left. And I like the call. Yeah, Sam go Pittman for two. Go yeah, for two. I like the ballsiness of that. Especially the way, I mean. You, you couldn't stop Ole Miss and the right. game there. You don't have you don't have a lot of confidence in your defense stopping the other team. So, yeah, go for two. And I don't even, our, our buddy Seth hated the play call. He said, why don't you just run the ball with your 250-pound quarterback? And I understand that. But personally, on kind of plays like that, I like having the quarterback roll out and have some pass options. Yeah. But to me, it looked like Arkansas, they were running like half speed almost. Yeah, it was weird. The receivers kind of got in the end zone and they were all clumped up anyway. They didn't have anyone going the other way. I thought, I love when there's a crossing route going the other way. But anyway, they were all clumped up and no one was really open and they just kind of were like, okay, hey, yeah, we're here. We're standing here. And he had nowhere to go and then he throws it out of the end zone, which also can't do that. At least just pop it up and see if someone can snag it. So, tough one for Arkansas Ole Miss, but awesome. That kind of showed you the uh, in the SEC at least after we just talk about A and M beating, you know, Alabama. Arkansas Ole Miss, we thought it'd be a totally even game, and it was. Yeah, another shootout. I don't really know how either of those teams are going to end up. I just what what baffles me about games like this over a hundred points. I don't understand. Like it messes up my brain to think about football teams. You know, I think you know Ole Miss holds Alabama to less points than they hold Arkansas. And then, you know, Texas A&M is able to hold Alabama to 38. And then, but Arkansas was able to hold Texas A&M to 10 points. Like, I don't, when teams score a lot of good, a lot of points on other teams, it just, I don't know what to think of, like, teams' defenses after a game like this. I think it's just scheme and coaching at that point. Yeah. Maybe you prepare like, type stuff, yeah. You match up differently and you prepare differently and try to throw in different, uh, I mean, play designs on offense and on defense, yeah. so it, it can vary, I guess. But, I mean, I kind of agree with you. Especially, I just didn't think 52-51 to 51 or whatever it was, I didn't see that happening. Yeah. I mean, it, I probably would have thought 40-something to 30-something, like, and that isn't that different. But still, I mean, for both teams to just get annihilated on defense, I don't know. Pretty crazy. It seems like Ole Miss has a game like this every year, where it's like 50-something, and there's like they win by like a field goal or yeah. two points. Or it, they always have a game like this, I feel like. Well, and Lane Kiffin got interviewed right after the game. Someone asked him about stopping him right there with the two-point conversion, and even he said, well, you know, we didn't really stop him. They just didn't, like, yeah, they didn't yeah, even yeah. have a good play call. And he was like, yeah, hotty toddy. Like, he was not happy. No. It was that they scored 51 points on him, I'm sure. Yeah, he was probably pissed that they uh well because you got to be worried i mean yeah Ar- i mean arkansas is good but they're yeah, not like 50 points yeah you're gonna be giving up some points to a lot of other teams including the volunteers yeah honestly and texas a&m right yeah obviously put up 41 on bama baby and we we held arkansas to like 20 or something like that so by that logic we're better so a game that was a little better defensively Penn State versus Iowa. I don't know how game day wasn't here. You have a number was yeah. it number three and number four matchup. Yeah. Now I mean now I guess Iowa's it's ranked number two, two, obviously. But also another great game. 
Big Ten type of game, obviously. And like I say every week, Iowa is the same team. I watch them. They have some big white quarterback who's totally just a game manager. All their quarterbacks always have sleeves, you know. Some some people hate that. I'm not a big they fan all of the look sleeves like on the jersey. Bethard. Yeah, yeah. They're all exactly the same. And what they do, I mean, they play great defense. They'll get a big play every now and then. And they, yeah, I mean, I mean, they hang around. And Pins, I will say, Sean Clifford got injured in this game, and I think that did play a lot into it because when their backup came in, he, I think he made some plays, but for the most part, what I saw in flipping back and forth from the game, he was nowhere near. The offense was not running near as well with no. him than Sean Clifford. Yeah, I mean, they got outscored. Iowa scored ten points in the fourth quarter. Penn State scored zero. So, I mean, right, and that's, I mean, definitely very disappointing. Yeah, James Franklin hasn't ever beaten a top ten team. That's crazy. Yeah, I found uh, I found out that stat, and I was kind of thinking, uh, I think Penn State wins this game, and somebody was talking about that, and kind of made me rethink it. So, yeah, unfortunately, James Franklin keeps that streak alive of not being able to beat any great teams. I mean, it sucks when injuries like this happen because I think if Sean Clifford is in that game, Penn State wins. Yeah, it's one thing to lose a receiver, or running back, or even a defensive player, but when you lose your quarterback just in the middle of a game everything. where you're going back and forth and you got to throw some guy in there who's never really played in a meaningful game, that sucks. I think that kind of ruins the game a little bit. But the thing is, is no one's going to care. All you're going to look at towards the end of the season is Iowa 23, Penn State 20. Yeah. They're not going to care about who was in there or who wasn't. That's what the final result was. Yeah. So, yeah. All that so matters part of the, the game. end of the year is the win and loss column. That's it. Especially when you're talking about who's going to get into the playoff. I mean, I really don't think the college football playoff committee is looking at stats and all that kind of stuff when they're trying no, to decide no. teams. Well, and it, it's just bad luck, you know. Yeah. There's nothing you can do about it. There's that's, nothing. Yeah. That's ball, man. It's it's you look at the win and loss column and that's all it is. It is what it is. Right. Uh, I'm going to jump over to actually Kentucky LSU. Kentucky looking pretty legit and just for whatever reason still doesn't scare me if yeah. I'm Another team in the SEC matching but up against them. They've got this game next week. Georgia, Kentucky. What if? Kentucky oh, I would love to see it comes happen. in upset, and then they like. Then do you put Kentucky as the number one team in the nation? <laughs> they win. Oh my. I mean, I, they would be. You be. No They'd be the only undefeated team in the SEC, and they beat Georgia. I mean, <laughs> I don't think they would. I feel like the AP wouldn't do it. No, I mean they should, they, but I don't think I, they, well, they wouldn't. Would go you to can't, one. What are they, 16? They wouldn't jump them 15 spots. They're 11. But, okay. Still, I mean, they would jump into the top five for sure. But Yeah, Iowa would probably far. go to number one if they get a W. Right. And the thing is, is, I mean, Kentucky could do it. That's the thing. I'm not, <laughs> I say I'm not super impressed with them. But at the same time, we just saw Alabama lose. So why can't Georgia lose, especially to a Kentucky team that's playing with confidence anyway? I think a lot of this, too, was, is Coach O... Just not that good of a no, coach. No, not really. Talent has gotten him to where he is, and when he it's just, not really there anymore, and he can't manage the game. He's He doesn't know what he's doing. That, that, that 2019 team with Joe Burrow was just – he struck literal gold. And, he, and also he had Joe Brady as the offensive coordinator. I think Joe, Joe Brady – Joe Brady was the key of key. that. Yeah. Because I'm thinking Coach O is a good recruiter. He can get talent back in there. At, at a very high level. He should be able Certainly. to get a top five recruiting class a lot. And I have no problem with guys who are better recruiters than coaches at times because you saw it worked. If he won a national right championship. 
Philip Fulmer did that a lot, really. I mean, when he he was kind of as good as his players, which is the case a lot, right? Yeah. I mean, Nick Saban obviously has a ton of good players, but he had to be a really he good coach reloads, before he yeah. right. But I don't know. I I think, like we said, I think Joe Brady plays a bigger role into that. Maybe Coach O needs really good players, and he needs the perfect. I don't know if he knows how to drop the perfect offense for the guys he has. Yeah. Because I don't even know really what his style is. You think LSU, you think kind of smash mouth a little bit. But then when but Joe Burrow and Joe Brady get there. 60 touchdowns right. in the season. So, I mean, I just think it's crazy. This is this has been a discussion before of talks of maybe moving on from Coach O. And I think it's wild to think about firing a national championship yeah. coach. A recent national championship coach. Yeah, two coach. years it's ago. Not, it's not like it's... A guy who won... It's Phil not like it's Fulmer. Fulmer where you won one in 98 and then you slowly decline. Yeah. This is a guy who won one just a couple years ago. And even when you hired him, a lot of people were thinking, why'd you hire him? Yeah. Why are you paying him this much money? <laughs> and like we said, he struck gold. And give him credit, he got Joe Burrow in yeah. there. So. Yeah, but I think a lot of it too, like, coaching is also a team sport. Like, you've got to have the right coordinators and position Certainly. coaches around you. And, you know, you lose Joe Brady. He's probably lost a couple other guys. You know, Nick Saban lost Sarkeesian. He lost Lane Kiffin, he, whoever else. Like, you've got to have the right coaches around you as a head coach, too, because he can't do everything. So, uh, LSU, I don't think, is that good. I mean, you know, they lost to UCLA earlier this season. So, Kentucky, congrats on the win. But, you know, LSU, just that's not it. So, I don't know how – I don't know if this says UK is really good. And I don't – I think it says more about LSU just is not – to where they used to be. Well, and you said, I I would argue though, you said Saban loses coordinators all the time, but obviously he keeps just churning them out or keeps yeah, doing guess, what he's doing. Yeah, I guess doing. it's you know you can argue it either way. But at the same time, he does have on. I mean, Bill O'Brien's his offensive coordinator right now. Yeah, it's turned, his offensive coordinator position has turned into he hey, ha- I'm good enough to be a head coach in the NFL or college football. I just need to come here for a year. Like I don't need to be tied into being a head coach exactly. somewhere else. He, while he, I need to find another job. He resurrects careers every single year. Yeah, Butch Jones, Arkansas State, resurrected his career. Yeah, yeah. if you want, they wanna, got, if they you got Yeah, they got killed. Week. Um, but but yeah, I mean. UK might want to watch out if you're the Vols. I'm, I'm excited for that UK Georgia game though. We'll probably talk about that in a little bit, but that'll be fun to watch. Dang, the Colts are going off on the Ravens. Yeah, right holy now on Monday cow! Night Was football. that a pick six? I think so. Yikes! Yeah, yeah wow. Lamar not looking good. Great Monday night game. Anyway, Absolute let's let's down. cover. Actually, mentioning speaking of Butch Jones, let's cover the Vols real quick. First of all, <laughs> uni swag uniform yeah. of the week. Number dark, one hashtag dark mode. Yeah, Reese, y'all may have beaten Bama, but did you win a dark mode game? Uh, no. No, I would. I, Lamar was down really quickly. But I mean, I don't know Not if sex. I would have taken the dark mode win when it was like a noon kickoff. So. I don't know. Dark mode's pretty sick. Just yeah, I will, actually, I will no, say, but yes, I, uh, I was saying that earlier. Dark mode, I wish we could have done it for a night game because the. That would have been sick. The jerseys still looked cool, but at night, they would have looked, looked so different. awesome under the lights. I'll tell you what, the helmets are. My favorite part of it. Those are beautiful. They with were the, with the black outline, like oof. There are apparently full black helmets on the way, though. There were some supply chain issues, right? Yeah, they couldn't get them, so the equipment staff kind of did what they could. COVID. Yeah, and with their yeah COVID all, issues. Props to supply the equipment chain. staff for making do with what they had and making it look sick. Yeah, but for I mean, the balls come out. 
28 nothing first quarter. I mean, two we weeks just in a row. do exactly what we did to Missouri. It was crazy. You would have never expected Two this. weeks in a row, 28 points in the first quarter, and you end the game. You end the game in the first quarter. That's kind of my rule for a college football game. Even if I'm on the other side of it, 28 points is kind of my rule. Yeah. I've, I've seen the Vols. I've seen the Huskers come back from 24, honestly, maybe even 27. Maybe it was like 27 to 7 or something. I've seen them come back and win games. My rule is four touchdowns, it's over. You're not coming back. Your, your spirit's been broken. And that's exactly what happened. Really, it was over once South Carolina tried to do that trick play and threw the pick in the end zone. It was terrible. It was such that a dumb play That just took call. all the wind out of their sails. Yeah, and speaking of wind out of the sails, Nebraska. Will, you want to get your little uh, Nebraska Cornhusker minute in here? <sighs> Pain. Pain. So, I'll get into it. I will say this. Memorial Stadium at night, it was rocking. I mean, those fans, they came out, and it was... I mean, that like you said, Reese, that played just as much into that game as probably the A&M fans did against Bama. I mean, no Nebraska doubt. has sold out every game since 1962. I think that's what makes Nebraska so cool is Scott Frost's first year, this team's 0-6, and, and you have a packed house for the seventh game yeah. of the season. The Nebraska fans are just different, so credit to them. Showing up, making a loud environment, ninety-two thousand strong. Also, the the bus was there this weekend. The bus was not? there. Will Compton went up there. He was pumped. He thought we were going to win. I thought we were going to win. We go into this game, and this was the first game. So I've dealt with heartbreak this season already, multiple times yeah. with the Huskers. Yeah. So when I say this, I'm not just saying it, but I think the refs had way too much of an impact on this game in favor of Michigan. And I'll go through a few calls. I won't harp on it too much because I really just want to talk about the game, but there was a pass interference call right before half where a Michigan receiver basically ran into our linebacker, and they called pass interference on that. They get the ball on, like, the two and punch it in. There were calls that I never heard of. They called disconcerting signals on Nebraska (laughs) where the linebacker was clapping at the other linebacker to get his attention, and they said that was trying to imitate the snap count. And I've seen that happen before. Yeah, but you've never seen I've never seen anybody call it. I no, I've I've even seen a call before where, you know, a linebacker claps, but he was you could see he was getting his attention. The offense cannot own clapping. You can't like <laughs> yeah. that's, that was my point. You claps. can't you can't just be like, Well, we use a clap for our snap count, so y'all can't clap at all. Like there's a difference between like trying, to, trying draw to imitate them, yeah. right and he was not doing that he wasn't he, you, trying you, to draw you, there's a video stuff. of it he's clearly getting the other linebacker who's looking the other way he's trying to get his attention anyway never heard that before then we had a punt where Michigan muffed it and I thought we were covered it I was going nuts and they called joint possession <laughs> which I swear is that's made not up. that's, that's not, not a real penalty. call the ref was even like trying not to laugh as he called it it looked like they gave, so they gave the ball to Michigan. So I also don't get... I mean, I guess you... It's like tie goes to the runner. Like, not a real <laughs> rule. Anyway, so Michigan jumps out 13-0 lead at half. I'm still not super worried. The defense is playing good for the most part. The offense is kind of sputtering. And then third quarter, man, the Huskers just come out to play. Score three touchdowns. Adrian Martinez, another 300-plus yard game. He had four touchdowns. I mean, the guy played his balls off, honestly. Heisman hopeful. And... Deontay Williams picks off Cade McNamara for the first time in his career. He had never thrown an interception in his career. Picks it off. And once he picked it off, I think we were down at the time, but I knew we were going to punch it in, and I think we did on the next play. I immediately thought, we're going to win this game. Go down, score, back and forth game. 
Husker score with about seven minutes left. A touchdown. Adrian Martinez runs it in. Up, uh, I want to say 29-26. Yeah. So then Michigan goes down. They get a big run, and luckily we stop them, hold them to a field goal. So it's all tied up. Huskers get the ball three minutes left. And still at this point, I'm thinking, we're going down and scoring a touchdown. The way we best game I've seen Scott Frost call from an offensive standpoint, the play designs he had going on some of the touchdowns we scored, I thought were just so well drawn up. We start the drive, make a couple plays. Adrian Martinez, I think it was second or third down, runs for a first down and gets stopped up in a pile. And I'm just looking at it. The pile is stopped. His forward progress is stopped, and I'm yelling, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, (laughs) blow the whistle, and the ball pops out. Michigan picks it up, falls down. They kick a field goal, go up 32-29, and then we had a drive left with about a minute left and couldn't get anything going. And I'm just thinking, gosh, why did did this have to happen? (laughs) I can deal with – I've seen us shoot ourselves in the foot already multiple times against – really, Michigan State was the worst one. And Illinois, those were the ones we really, I felt like, shot ourselves in the foot. Oklahoma, we kind of did, but I could at least kind of deal with that. This Michigan game were the refs, I feel like. And I even had a buddy, Michigan fan, admit, he said, yeah, y'all got a couple uh, suspect calls towards the end of that game. May not have been in your favor. Which basically is, yeah, y'all got jobbed, but yeah. I'm a fan of the other team. So, so. yeah, that sucked. Yeah, um, and, you know, that's like the worst way to lose. You know, if your team is playing well but they make a few of their own they kick they shoot themselves in the foot you know a couple times and you just lose because the other team makes one more play than you do and they they win it's so much worse to lose in a way where the refs have something to do with it rather than you know where you hurt yourself like that's just it's so frustrating because there's always that thought of oh what what it could have been if we didn't get this penalty or that penalty for clapping like that's it's so annoying right Anyway, I mean, we lost, and what really sucked is this seemed like a game that was going to be the turning point kind of of the Frost era, and he talked about it after the game. I think everyone in Lincoln, Nebraska is now of the mind, there's no way, no matter what happens the rest of the season, there's no way we're firing this guy. I think that got out of the heads of any sane person in Lincoln. There's probably some idiots out there who think this was his fault or something, but to see us play, we've played three top ten teams already, and we're right there. We're right, and I hate saying that because we've been right there so many times yeah. this year. But you really are, and you look at two years ago. There's no way you have a shot. I mean, we played Michigan his first year, and we're simply just outsized, outstrength, and outtalented. We yeah. have absolutely no shot. So you see the progress, but we have. I mean, they have to beat take the either, next jump. They have to beat Ohio State or mm-hmm. Iowa or Wisconsin. They have to beat one of those teams. Which Wisconsin doesn't look that great, but it's still. I also don't think they're that bad. They've played a lot of really good teams, kind of like us. So we'll see. But you got to take care of business this upcoming week against Minnesota. I think they will. I think they'll crush Minnesota. I don't even know if Minnesota has a running back at, at the moment. So I think they can go in and win that game by a lot. And I think this team at least has the mentality, even after losing a heartbreaker like that, to go in and perform super well and still get to a bowl game. That's all. If, if we get to a bowl game, I think everyone will be happy and be excited. So, yeah. Agreed. Well, uh, before we kind of close off college football here, do you guys want a Presbyterian update? Please bring my uh, the blue hose. I've been looking forward to it. So HOSE, like we were talking about last week, Presbyterian had a buy to uh, try and get things right, get ready for uh, Moorhead State. But 
Unfortunately, Presbyterian loses 38-30. to A lot closer than the past couple of games, though. I'm seeing progress here. It's a low-score game. Yeah, it really was for uh, what there has been some 70-point, 80-point games, uh, which has been crazy. But still, uh, a crazy stat here. Ryan Heffley, the Blue Hose starting quarterback, had 80 pass attempts. That's insane. 80 pass attempts for 551 yards, four touchdowns, and three picks. So he had himself a crazy day. Um, and uh, in true Bluehost fashion, zero punts on the day. Hell Went yeah. for it every time. But um, didn't get the W. They're working there. Getting close. I, I, it's does coming it, soon. Does it have the fourth down conversion rate on there? Or like um, how many they completed it or how many they attempted? Uh, I'll have to go find that here in a little bit. But, we'll get back uh, to you with that. Yeah, we'll get back on But that. honestly, you know, they're making some headway. They played some better teams. Good for Presbyterian. They're sticking to their guns. No punts. No, you know, we're going for it on fourth downs. I would like to know if they did the onside kick stuff a lot, which I'm sure they did. But by the end of the season, this little experiment will let us know if you should be going for it on every fourth down and if you should be having your onside kicks. So, I don't know. Well, and so they're FCS, correct? Yes, yeah. they, so they are have, FCS. What, what even is the the requirement to get in the FCS tournament that they have? Do you have to win your conference? Do you have to... Because I think it's... Is it, a, is it like March Madness? Is it a 64-team bracket? or It's something like that. They might just draw names out of a hat. Honestly. <laughs> that, would, that would be a fun thing for the FCS to yeah, do. Yeah, so it's a, it's a full-on bracket. Right. Oh wow! Yeah, so it's it's not like sixty four teams, Four, but six, eight. It's like sixteen. So you got to be yeah. good. Yeah, you don't get in unless you're one of the better teams. Yeah, and they're two and three, so it's not looking great. No, no, they don't no. Have a shot. But, I just thought it'd be funny to see. That would be so awesome if it was a true tournament. That would be. They had insane. every. They had everyone like they played eight games or something. Yeah, and then you go into a full on FCS. Everyone is in a tournament. Everyone's that seated. would be crazy. That would be something fun to watch. That's awesome. Well, with that, we'll kind of close out the college football talk uh, until we preview the next week. I will say real quick, I mean, me and Trusha will do our gambling picks at the end, but I did go 2-0 and last week in all my picks, so I'm 8-8 and on the season for what I've given the listeners. So these next few picks I'm going to give later in the show, I'll tease it a little bit. We could uh, be making some money. If I could go, if I get another couple right, be positive by a few and get get these listeners a profit. I feel pretty good about myself, not going to lie. So That'll be huge. Yeah. With that, we'll kind of jump into the NFL. Uh, first first thing, Thursday Night Football. Thursday Night Football has been killing it, honestly. Yeah. Well, besides that Mills Mafia game. Right. For the for the most part, though, I mean, people kind of write off Thursday nights a lot. And I, I love Thursday, Thursday Night Football. Yeah, Thursday awesome. Night Football. I love any football. I love Maction. Color I love Rush. football on days where football doesn't make sense. So Thursday Monday, I mean, obviously Monday kind of makes sense, but any weekday football, I'm all about. The, the Titans Tuesday night game last year. Oh, it was awesome. That was awesome. I mean, it just gives you something to look forward to in the middle yeah, of the week. It just, yeah. You get football every single day almost. And Thursday's awesome, too, because you're kind of – Thursday is the – oh, it's, fr- the, it's the Friday to Friday. Yeah, you know? it really it is. But anyway. Almost Friday. Um, so, yeah, Rams, Seahawks, what do you all think about it? I mean, it was uh, it was just kind of a weird game. Both quarterbacks were dealing with injuries. Stafford looked off. Russ looked off. It was a weird game, but um, good win for the Rams, so I'll take it. I honestly, I, I'm going to be honest, I didn't watch because I was at uh, 
in College Station at the bars for Thursday night dollar beer night. But I did notice the Seahawks were in their all-green highlighter uniforms, and anytime I see those, I get excited about it because they're just really fun to look at. Someone said DK Metcalf is the only guy who could look scary in neon, <laughs> neon. short shorts and look, crop top. Looking yeah. like a Teletubby. Yeah. Also, did y'all see the double punt that game? Yes, that was crazy. That was awesome. And it was legal, too. It was, because at first they it, said you couldn't do it, but then the refs came out. If it doesn't go beyond the line of scrimmage, it's safe to kick it again. So basically, it got blocked and went totally sideways, and the punter palms that thing. Yeah. Like, just picks it up one-handed and starts taking off, and you're thinking, hey, he can might maybe, and then Get he a starts. first down. He kind of sees the defense running, <laughs> like and he swarming. remembers a, a thought is immediate, like his instinct is, oh, wait, I'm a punter, crap. So yeah. then he just hauls off and boots it. And to, goes, like, the five. Yeah. <laughs> It turned out to be an incredible punt. One of the best punts I've ever seen, just considering the situation he was in. But yeah, that was awesome. This yeah. makes me feel better about uh, the Titans are going to have to play the Rams in like a month. So it makes me feel better that the Seahawks were kind of in this game against oh, yeah. a really good team yeah. like the Rams. Yeah. yeah. Well, what happened? it was Russell Wilson, what did he do? He broke his finger yeah. or something? And then Geno came in and... Geno picked him apart and that, yeah. last, that last pick he threw really wasn't his wasn't, fault. No, it his, looked like a miscommunication, yeah. like... I love seeing backup guys, especially a guy like Geno Smith, I who I, Gino I loved Smith. watching in college, come in and do well when they get their shot. But yeah, yeah. anyway. Then we saw the Lions continue to just lose in Harper. The Huskers of the NFL, maybe yeah. we should dub them. Did you see Dan Campbell's uh, press? Uh, yes. That, that was so That's sad. So he was sad, tearing man. up, and you know he feels so bad for those guys and sees how hard they work just to have an end like that. Well, Terrible. and I feel his pain because you feel like – you have done everything right. You did everything you right. You get there. You're so close <laughs> to winning. And then, I mean, Minnesota made the plays at the end. They, Kirk Cousins threw that ball to Thielen, and they got, and then they moved on down into field goal range and kicked the field goal and won. So there's nothing you can really – there's no excuses really, but I understand where Dan Campbell's coming from too, thinking you've been so close in so many games, especially – I mean, the it wasn't as bad as the Ravens one. Yeah, Justin that Tucker one. Doink in. I mean, that's worse in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, but it's I mean, the Vikings a, had to get what, like fifty yards or sixty yards in twenty four seconds, and they did it. It's yeah. just such a Lions way to lose. It really is. I mean, to just they keep uh, they're so close, and they're going to win one soon. I totally believe it. They're going to win one, but it's just so I want sad. a Lions Super Bowl at some point soon. If, well, they haven't made the playoffs in like 50 years. So. They've never even won it. Well, they're one of the oldest franchises and haven't won a Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, it's sad. It's, Sorry, that Lions sucks fans. to be a true like NFL town, you know? Yeah, like the, the Lions a are a like, traditional NFL team. Well, And you know what? It, they lost in such like a Vikings way to lose also. Yeah. The Vikings are a classic team to just be in the game for the entire time all the way down to the fourth quarter or overtime, and then you just like – screw up and then lose on a field goal. So Yeah, on a kicking situation, especially yeah. for the Vikings. Or so. the Vikings do the complete opposite with the Minneapolis Miracle. Yeah. They were yeah. on the, the winning end of that one, but yeah, they do. Blair Walsh, I remember, missed that easy, easy uh, kick a few years back, yeah. and they've been on uh, the, the bad side of some of them. Here's so. a stat for you. Since losing in Super Bowl uh, 53, Jared Goff's record as a starter, including the playoffs, is 18-19. and 19. So not very not mediocre, good for very Jeff Fisher esque. Yeah, you know that's kind of sad too because I like Jared Goff. Then we have the Eagles coming back against the Panthers. Really, all yeah. I saw of this game was Jalen Hurts with the game winning touchdown. Yeah, run. dude, he looks good. He looks better and better. I've got him on one of my fantasy teams, and he continues to run the ball, put it in the end zone, and score. So 
I love that too to play to a quarterback's strengths. It's yeah. like what John Harbaugh does with Lamar for the most part. Yeah. Don't take a guy and try to do what the Titans did with Vince Young kind of and turn him into this pocket passer. Let him let design him the offense yeah. to where it will work the best in front of him and trying to instead of trying to make him fit the offense necessarily, you know. Yeah. And another kind of sad piece so we had originally just planned on talking about the bears and raiders but uh now we get to talk about gruden being gone from the raiders breaking news yeah breaking news gruden gone raiders complete dumpster fire they lost to the bears didn't look good yikes so if you haven't kept up with it apparently there's a lot of stuff that is still to come out i guess but john gruden has made some racist comments slash emails, some anti some homophobic gay, yeah, comments. some homophobic stuff, and just like it's all bad stuff. The floodgates are opening, and John Gruden like, which is crazy because he just signed that that big deal to like be the head coach for you know ten more years or whatever. Yeah, you, you didn't just say that, did you? I don't remember. No, I don't think so. Okay, well, yeah, but. Uh, you know, just when you think, you know, the Raiders got off to a hot start this season. Just when you think, like, oh, hey, yeah, maybe the Raiders, they put it AFC together. West, like, they're doing pretty good. And then... Swap Super Dumpster Bowl fire. team. Oh, you know what? That's right. The the lawyer's take of the Gruden Bowl is totally de- defunct now. Yeah, it Damn. really is. Literally, yeah, it is totally defunct. No matter what the Raiders do, yeah. Gruden will not be coaching yeah. them. Yeah, not <laughs> Gruden will not be there. It's just... Uh, but, Will, I thought... You said this earlier. I thought this was funny. This... John Gruden, I mean, if you're a Tennessee fan, he low-key deserves this for, you know, yeah. like teasing. Becoming in the in my words, for, for so honey long. dicking the balls yeah. for yeah. so long. Always he, do he honey dicked him for a long time. And you know what? Hey, uh, karma, B-word. Yeah, well, screw screw Gruden. He sucks. Um, you know I mean, who, he said some, some yeah, things he, he said some bad say things, in so. 2021. Which is crazy because I don't understand, like, how it's taken this long to come out. There's... I just imagine it that like some dude on his computer in like his mom's basement who has access to everything on the internet and can hack at anything. I just like to think of this guy has been sitting on these like mishaps from Gruden for like a long time, and then he's like, finally, all right, I'm gonna release this to the world, and then that's what that's what happened. But I don't know if that's what happened. But I would like to think it's that's some guy who hates the Raiders. That's what he did. He was just waiting, yeah. waiting for his time, and he saw it and put them all out, especially. I mean, saying some of the stuff he said about gay dudes or drafting, you know, he he used a gay slur. When you've got a openly gay guy on your team, yeah, that's yeah, just that's good I, you can't like it, it's disrespectful, it's disrespectful either just, way. But you know, on that, top of it, that puts icing on the cake. Yeah, like, definitely. To just be kind of two faced to a guy that is given his all and has been playing well this season. Yeah, and you know what? I'm not a big cancel culture guy, but when you have all this. And I'm not. I'm not a cancel culture guy at all. But when you actually have legitimate evidence of things that a person has said that are directly and disrespectful yeah. and racist or homophobic, like you know what, dude, get get out of there. Like we should all love each other, and that's not what we should do. So I mean, he's done. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's so he's done. Coach. He's, he's so probably done. done as. I mean, he's done as an analyst. Why would they anybody hire him back now? He's he'd not going to get. He'd have to get. He'd have to lay low for a yeah. while and get. I mean, ESPN definitely won't hire him back, obviously, but he'd have to get lucky and just hope people forgot about it. But I, no one's going to forget about it for I mean, a while. Yes. Yeah. This, this is a. There's a deep drive to left in Castellanos <laughs> with the home run, and, and that'll make it a 2 nothing ball game. That's right on par with this. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. We'll, we'll go ahead and kind of leave that. And the Raiders lost, so. Damn, double whammy. Yeah, double whammy, but a win for the Chargers, really, because they get a huge win against the Browns, 
And then also, Raiders are kind of just knocked out of the way, so that helps the Chargers a lot. The Chargers look good. Justin Herbert, that, yeah, that he awesome. He is so good. My guy Mike Williams had another 30-plus point performance Eckler had another 30-plus or 30-point-plus performance. I mean... Herbert is, I mean, he's a top-five quarterback in the yeah, league right I now. Yeah, I think it's safe to say. The Chargers are an absolute wagon. This is crazy. Here's a stat. Justin Herbert had his 11th career game, and this is his second season. 11th career game with 300-plus passing yards, the most by any player in his first two seasons in the Super Bowl area. Super, Super Bowl era, excuse me. But he, you know, we all talk about how Patrick Mahomes just like has these crazy throws and Aaron Rodgers is a gunslinger. Justin Herbert is a legit nuclear missile launcher. Yeah. This guy has an arm like I've never seen before. Well, and guys play up and down, right? But he's looked almost flawless to me. Yeah. Like he just he just continuously makes the right plays, makes the right decisions, is always on the money. Makes plays when he needs to. I mean, drove down the field with Eckler. I mean, Eckler definitely made some plays, but when they needed to go down and score they went and did it. I mean, well, and they've got weapons. Right? Having Mike yeah. Williams and Keenan Allen both. I mean, Mike Williams has turned into it's their co number one receivers. At and Jared this point. Cook at receiver is playing. All right, at tight end, at he's tight playing end, the best who's basically playing receiver. Probably. He is balling out. Well, he had one catch for twenty nine yards, but yes, he's been the playing week, well the week though. before though. Oh, the yeah. week before he had a big, big yeah, he had a big yeah, he's game been playing well. Night. He's but, been uh, uh, he's been a threat. Glad I picked him up off waivers. So I'm going to start maybe. You know, pushing him into my lineup. So, yeah. Jared Cook, former Titan. Love you, dude. Yeah, start off with the Titans. Then we also had Cowboys, Giants. The cool, I mean, the coolest thing out of this game for me is Tra- Trayvon Diggs, another interception. Yeah. That was I watched, insane. I watched it live when he got another pick, and you just think to yourself, how in the this world is guy he doing is, it? He's going to win. He, he's just about one defensive player of the year already. Um, the Giants had some bad injuries. Saquon. Ugh, his it's ankle like looks nasty. In, I mean, he like, just rolled his ankle just in a such a fluke thing. Yeah, it right. wasn't really. He didn't get hit. He was just, just like got running tripped to make up. A, yeah, whoever it was, I forget who it was. I think it was a DB. Even he must have like tapped his foot, and they kind of tripped up over each other. And he saw Saquon on the ground, and he kind of threw his hands up, thinking like, like "What did I do? Crap! Yeah. Like I didn't like I didn't do anything. Yeah, you well, know, yeah, like kind of nervous." Like, accidentally stepped on him. like it's just a fluke thing and i know we've given saquon some hate for being like overrated or whatever but i i do really hate to see something like that happen to it yeah guy. after the acl tear last year it, it sucks for the guy but also um what are the odds that the nfl mvp voters give a joint mvp to dak prescott and uh trayvon diggs because you know everybody loves dak prescott and he's having a huge comeback season could two Cowboys win the MVP? That so, would be insane. That would be crazy. What's the uh, – I want to know what the record is for most interceptions in a season because we have to be nearing – Night, Night Train Lane had, uh, I believe, 14 interceptions in 12 games. Good Lord. Yeah. I mean, and Trayvon Diggs is on – He could. he's on yeah. track for it, right? So I've got a stat. Trayvon Diggs um, with six interceptions so far is tied for the most through the first five games of a season since 1970. And he is now just one game away from tying the record for most games with an interception to begin a season. So, off to a hot start. Going off. Is it because he's changed numbers to a single digit? I don't know. Could be. Single so many people guy. hate on the single digit or guys getting to change their numbers to whatever they want. I don't really mind it at all. Do y'all? No, I like it. I mean, I say let him do it. Uh, I don't really know how I feel about linebackers and linemen being able to do it. Yeah, that's kind of weird. If you're a skill position guy, DB, wide receiver, running back, 
tight end even maybe. Sure, but I'm still on the fence about linemen yeah. and linebackers. But linemen need well, to be. Well, my thing was I we're heard. We're just a, not used to it. I yeah. heard a guy on the radio saying it was too hard. Like you didn't know who it was or you didn't. Like, know. Just look at him. But, but also, you. I mean, you watch college football, right? And those guys all wear whatever they want. Yeah. So, I don't know. It doesn't bother me. But it's kind of just a, something yeah, I thought I mean, of. It's whatever. I will say that Giants game, I mean, they were just hoping to get out of there. Daniel Jones, uh, when he yeah, went he into the goal line, the head. he got cracked in the head kind of, and he got up and literally, I mean, was almost Didn't know where he down. was. Had no idea where he was. Scary moment. And I think even props to whoever the Dallas DB was, noticed it and ran over and caught him, I think. Yeah. And was like, hey, someone get out here. Yeah, this guy like needs, this guy's this guy messed help. up. Also, I, I know we don't make fun of injuries, and I don't know if y'all saw this, but Daniel Jones, when he got tackled and like got hit in the head, when he stood back up and was like stumbling around, he looked like the drunkest dude ever. It was, it was. <laughs> he all, really it was did. Funny he got clobbered. Watch him like waddle off the field because he just was like so concussed. Looked like a pledge on Big Brother night or something. Yeah, yeah. But also, oh, another <laughs> crazy stat about Trevon Diggs. This was his first interception of a deep pass, a pass more than twenty yards. All the other ones were short passes. So he's expanding his interception there you go. horizon. He's doing both. Interesting. And you know who looked. Pretty bad at home this week. The Chiefs. The Bills are legit, man. I thought they weren't going to be able to good. pull off the same success they did last year, but they look to have built upon it. So I'm when the nervous. Chiefs, we keep saying, "Hey, we're not counting them out." You know, they got. Yeah. But, I mean, they. How many games have they lost? Now? What are they? Two and four or two and three? Maybe two I don't and three. Know. Yeah, they, two and they three. They got a losing like record, I think. Anyway, yeah. more than they're used to losing, especially early in the season. What? How long does it take until we're thinking, hey, maybe they don't maybe, get it? Yeah, there maybe they, this is the Chargers' division now. Two the and three, are two and three, by the way. Yeah, so because they're in a tough division, right? Yeah, very tough division. I mean, they're not. It's not like it's going to get Denver's that much pretty good. LA is pretty good. I mean, obviously the the Raiders are busted, but yeah. So I get. I mean, that doesn't. Well, that doesn't Denver, sound too bad, Denver, but. and the Raiders have kind of fallen off from what we've seen. What we saw in like Denver the first can three bounce games. back. Teddy's healthy. I don't know. Denver is one of those teams that like they can beat a bad team on the road, and then they can beat a decent team at home. But I don't think the Broncos could beat a good team on a road game. And you uh, think Malai still has that great of an effect? I, I don't think at all. I don't know. The, the Denver Broncos are okay, but you know they lost Teddy Bridgewater, and, and when, well, he was back this game, but. I don't know. They're kind of a very mediocre team. Mm. But also, this was one of the a game where I feel like I've never seen it happen before. It was at Kansas City. Kansas City usually, especially late in the season, I feel like ever since I've been watching football, they've always gotten good luck or like the weather has been a positive factor for them. But with a big rain slash lightning delay in that game, this this could have turned the tide of the Chiefs being able to win yeah. weather games. Possibly. So I thought that was kind of weird. Yeah. Interesting fact. Well, and obviously we got to talk a little Titans. Titans went in and, I mean, took care of business. Up, kind of, Henry looked not, pretty not good. Not really an up and down game, but not total dominance. Yeah. Um, but I never was worried. I was never like that worried, game. but it didn't. we just didn't look that great. Like a lot to Right, and there's upon. still a pretty big injury list. Um but I really like the play calling from Downing personally. I think I thought he did a really good job. Um, 
that that touchdown to Michael Pruitt where he was just wide, wide open. open. That was no busted. One was I was so nervous because he scrambled. I'm like, uh oh, what's gonna happen? Yeah, here? and, and then just, Michael was just and then Michael there. just like walks into the was, end zone. It was one of those where Pruitt was surprised he was that wide open. He like yeah. didn't know what to do. He's like, I guess I'll run into the end zone. Yeah. So, but Derrick Henry. I mean, usually you think of Derrick Henry versus the Jaguars, and he just breaks one. He the 99-yarder was against the Jags. He's got another 90-something-yarder against them. He didn't break one really into the secondary at all, but like Derrick Henry does, he just wears you down, and he puts up another game with 130 yards. And he has he has 640 yards in five games. Like, I don't know if you guys saw this, but crazy stat, he's on pace for a 2,175-yard season this year. To beat Eric Dickerson's record, correct? Right. And now yes. it's I just hope he does games, it. That's but... the thing. I hope he does it in sixteen games. Yeah, that'd be awesome yeah. if he because if he does it in seventeen, it's not. It is. It's the not. Same. Yeah, agree. No, in in twenty years, no one will really remember, except for maybe a few sports junkies who say, "Well, that was when they expanded the season." But yeah, I wish he would do it in the well. And here's the thing: if he could, if, if the Titans have a really good record, they might sit him for yeah. game seventeen anyway. So hopefully, so. he gets it before then. Regardless, uh, he. He hit the uh, 60 touchdown mark. I mean, he had three touchdowns on the day, so I think yeah. his first or second was his 60th of his career joining, I mean, just Hall of Famers again. I mean, yeah. you you hear it. I feel like the past three weeks, there's a new, hey, the only guys to do this are, yeah, are, Hall of Fam- are Jim Brown and Eric Dickerson yeah. or O.J. Simpson or, you and know. Edwin James. Right. He just, he keeps, he just breaks the stat book every single week. It's literally every week where he passes somebody. So it's, as a Titans fan, you know. The team is good, maybe not great, but it, it's so much. You're fun witnessing to have. a Hall of Famer. Oh yeah. yeah, and like we need to appreciate that. He has 14 touchdowns against the Jaguars in his career, the most out the of any killer. player ever. So he basically is Mr. Jacksonville. And one thing I noticed about the Jags that had me scratch my head a little bit, you know, they drafted Etn and he got hurt, but James Robinson. Had a thousand Holy yards last call. year as an like, undrafted free agent. Uh, this past game too. Well, yeah, and he'll probably have a thousand yards again. And I'm thinking, man, why'd you even draft a running back? This guy's good. I think it was Urban Meyer just trying to be weird and draft Trevor Lawrence and Etienne. Picks, yeah, kinda, get some yeah. chemistry going early and sh- show some favoritism to the quarterback and try and be a quarterback whisperer. But I think he's just kind of lost and it all. And I don't know what Robinson's contract is or anything, but it's gonna be hard for Etienne to come in and take that spot because I think Robinson's. One of the better backs in the league right yeah. now. And he's a great receiving threat, too, which is, I mean, very important in today's passing game. So. Yeah. yeah. Very cool story, too. Anytime you have an undrafted free agent kind of do yeah. something like that, I always love a good underdog story, you know. And then I thought Trevor Lawrence did pretty well. I think he's going to be yeah. good. I really think Urban is just not ever going to get it going there, and that's no. what's going to hinder Although, those careers. when uh, he threw that challenge flag... Did you guys see that where, I mean, Jacksonville's sideline was patting him on the butt and going crazy and, like, all the players were coming up hugging Urban and getting fired up and yelling for him to challenge it. So it, it kind of confused me because it seemed yeah, like it weird. the team was loving him in that moment. So I don't know. Maybe you you kind of got to take things uh, that the media says with a grain of salt. They never really have the full story and total truth, I feel like, so... Who knows? Maybe Urban. Uh, we're, we need I, to cut him a little slack here, and he's well, doing a little I bit Well, I kind of get that. I just don't see him. I don't. He's not going to turn Jacksonville into like no. a winning franchise. I don't think so. They've lost twenty games in a row, twenty. And I think it sucks for a guy like Trevor Lawrence, who I think can be a really good quarterback in this league. He needs a good coach. 
to yeah. really to really become a really good quarterback in the league to become a top ten guy in the NFL. Because I saw, I mean, I've seen him. I've watched a little bit of him this year, and you see him make a bunch of really good throws that not a lot of guys can make. You know, and put him on yeah. the money with a team that isn't that great. So. And I think I've said it before, if you're designing a quarterback in a lab or on Madden and you get to create your player, you build Trevor Lawrence for a quarterback. He's 6'6", probably you know, 230, 240, has a fantastic arm he can run. He's super smart. So I think you know, once he gets a good situation around him, I think he's going to be really good. And that's why he was picked number one overall. I mean, you know, it'll take time, but he's a really good player, I think. Yeah. But then again, the Titans' defense is trash, so we made Zach Wilson look like a world beater. So We're just not that – the defense is just not that good. I don't know. It's not terrible. I don't think it's quite as bad as it was last I mean, year. But it's uh, not – everything I've seen wrong with the Titans, I think, can be fixed come playoff time. Yeah, and we're just, and like we said, we're covered up with injuries, so – yeah. We have a lot of injuries. Not everything is completely in shambles yet. I mean, there's a lot of season left, a lot of time to write the mistakes that we're making now. So, I mean, we'll find out. No reason this, to jump this ship. next Monday night too when we play the Bills. Yeah, it's gonna be a tough. It might game. be one, might be the best team in the league right now. Um, yep. But Reese, do you have a uh, voicemail for us from one of our longtime I, I, listeners? I, I in fact, do have a voicemail from a, a loyal pay dirter, and I'll play it here, and then we'll react to it. But I'm glad we have. We have some guys that truly care about our podcast and care about stuff we talk about. So I'll play it right here for us. What's up, Pater? It's Thomas Neal, longtime listener of the show and manager of the Tuesday Night Trivia Team Caterpillar and also an original root. I just have a couple things on my mind this week, and it really, it really comes down to the Titans' defense. Rabel, Rabel prides himself on being a defensive coach, and I'm just curious to hear y'all's thoughts about how poorly our defense played against one of the worst teams, if not the worst team in the league. Obviously happy we got the win, but our defense is going to hang our offense out to dry against the better teams. We'd love to hear y'all's thoughts and what you guys have to say about that. On another note, extremely pumped for the Vols on this game this weekend. I got two different takes. One, if we win and we go into Alabama 5-2, and two, I think we go into Bryant-Denny and Tuscaloosa and beat them by two touchdowns. Um, that you heard it here first. And, you know, if we lose, I think it's time we give Harrison Bailey a chance. You know, I started, uh, was never pulled. Are we ending? Okay, we're ending it there. Yeah. It's just nonsense I mean, at that point. You kind of <laughs> already heard what we thought about the Titans' defense a lot to – well, at least fixed, that, that but, was uh, that was yeah warranted. That was a real yeah, take. Yeah, warranted. Think. But I guess to kind of kick us off into college football preview, kicking off the Vols right here. I mean, what do we think about that take, real quick, with Harrison Bailey possibly coming in? I mean, well, are we even going to come to the situation of losing Ole Miss? Well, well, I think we beat him. I mean, if he said if the Vols win, they're five and two after this next weekend. They're going to go in and go in. Yeah, I shouldn't Denny. skip over that yeah, don't, take. Don't skip over the <laughs> hottest thing. If the Vols are 5-2 and two and they go into Bama and win by two touchdowns, I think I will buy 1,700 lottery tickets because that would just be a dream. Yeah, I don't, I don't see that happening personally. That's a fantasy, that's a fantasy <laughs> land. I will say, I mean, there's, I mean, if you beat Ole Miss, which will be a great game, we'll all be in attendance for that game, I believe. Yeah. We'll all be there. Pater, all of Pater, Pater will be there. Pater is squatting up. So, first, let's 
I would say let's focus on this week. Hopefully you can win that game because I think yeah. Ole Miss will be a tough, tough task. You know Kiffin wants to beat us so bad, too. But we, I mean. We want to beat him bad. Yeah, it sounds crazy, too, to even talk about Bama. But, I mean, you just saw an unranked team take him down. It's been And I'm not before. saying we will. Like, if Bama comes out and wins 52 to 17, I won't be that surprised. Yeah. Maybe a little, just because I think we can score. We can score a little bit. Maybe more. a couple touchdowns. But, but I wouldn't be surprised if our defense gives up fifty something. To well, Bama. and even the defense has been playing better than a lot of people yeah, expect. Certainly, but, but Bama's amazing. Yeah, we're not there yet, and I don't think Thomas really believes that. I think he's starting to pull our legs a little bit. We might have to take away some of his calling privileges. Is he going to get his number blocked for two days now? Three we'll, days? We'll see. He we'll might see get what a, happens. He might head to the penalty box. But, but on the other hand of that, if the Vols lose to Ole Miss, Harrison Bailey needs a shot? Question mark? No. That no. Make any sense. I think Hendon Hooker has shown all he needs to show. So I think, because Hooker is a senior. Like, he just has this year, correct? Yeah. I think if he... Well, he will leave. I think once he leaves this year, I guess you would have a straight-up QB competition, most likely, between Bailey and Milton. However, you have Taven Jackson coming in that Heupel actually recruited and wants in this offense. So So someone's going to end up transferring, I would think, right? If you're Harrison Bailey, a former four, five-star on some websites, you're going to go play somewhere else because you know. And I think he's good enough to play not just at a – FCS school or a small like I think he's a good enough guy to play at a power five school. Yeah, run, yeah. Run over to Rutgers or West right. Kentucky. Oh, or he something. could actually in Greg Schiano uh, under Greg Schiano's tutelage, he could uh, be really successful at Rutgers. I tell you what, Nebraska's uh, old backup quarterback who I really liked. I wish he could have stayed just because he was a guy you could. I mean, he oh, was McCaffrey? good enough. No, uh, oh, wait, no, no. Noah Vedral. Oh yeah, who was right. actually he was a guy who if Adrian got hurt or something. I could count on Noah to maybe go in and win the game, you know. But he's transferred over to Rutgers and is having to, doing pretty well over there. I don't know how he's doing this year. Uh, I know he got hurt at the end of last year, but he was doing pretty well before that. So, But anyway, I think Harrison Bailey's good enough to, yeah, play at a Rutgers or, I don't know, maybe he goes out BYU? to the Pac-12 or something and airs it out. He kind of looks like a BYU Yeah, guy. he does. That's what, For some reason, BYU just came right to my head. I, I could see him in a Central Florida uniform easily. He's Central- not like... He's not enough of kind of a highlight guy, though, I feel like, to yeah, the UCF. Because he, he can't, like, go out and sling it. Like, he, I feel like that's his one problem is he doesn't have the velocity. Well, because that's the thing. They're trying to play that offense, and I don't think he fits it super no. well at Tennessee. Because, I mean, you need to be able to throw the deep ball long in our offense. As you can see, our receivers are often just kind of jailbreaking the coverages and busting corners. Yeah, I think it's more of a... Just quick offense. Yeah. I think when it's most dangerous is when you're getting 8 to 12 yard plays. You're just slashing, back, yeah. going back, back, back. That's true. But I don't know. We'll see. I think that's an interesting uh, topic to consider, especially, I mean, not now, but maybe going into the offseason thinking, you know, there's going to have to be a QB competition. And I, I would think Taven Jackson is going to get the biggest look because Heupel has recruited has him. picked him and is like, this guy fits yeah. the offense. But anyway, uh, we'll, we'll move into kind of this next week of college football. We kind of touched on Kentucky-Georgia. I think it's going to be a great game. Will Stetson Bennett still be the quarterback for Georgia as far as we know? I get because isn't JT Barrett hurt? JT Daniels. Or, uh, JT Daniels. Uh, yeah, I guess. Bad, but... I don't even really know what's wrong with yeah. him. But even... 
even if he's not. Um, I mean, Stetson Bennett is playing really well. I really looked at him as just a game manager. I never thought he was that good. I thought he was a product. But, I mean, I see him throw deep bombs and connect and put them on the money. So maybe that's exactly what they need. But he's playing well, and I mean, I think he gives them a chance to beat anybody. So no, yeah, that's I agree. all you need. And you just rely on the defense and play, and the run game, obviously, where Georgia's O line is nasty. Their defensive line is nasty, probably the best in the country. I mean, they know what they are. And I would predict Georgia to come in and win this game pretty easily. However, I'm hesitant saying that after yeah, just how so we're what? seeing this college football season play out. So. It'll be exciting. Is it at Georgia, do we know, or is it at Kentucky? Um, I believe – I still think Georgia is a wagon, dude. Their defense is nuts. So, I, I – and you know what? I didn't mention this last week, but I think Saturday when I woke up and it was Arkansas coming off of, you know, a big win or whatever, and they played Georgia, I woke up that Saturday morning and I thought – you know, Georgia's going to blow the brakes off this team, and they did. So even though Kentucky's doing well, I, I still think Georgia's just going to beat them down. Yeah, I think the defense is what makes the biggest difference yeah. for oh, and that game. And it's at Georgia. Yeah, we so can't confirm go. it's at Georgia, so it's going to be it's going to be tough for Kentucky to go in there, but who knows? Well, and if we're looking, trying to compare it to the A&M-Bama game, like you said, A&M has the, Jimbo can draw up a plan if and all it took was Calzada connecting. You know, yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't know if Kentucky can really do that as well. They have some threats. They have Wandale Robinson, who is a transfer from Nebraska, yeah. who's a really good player. But I don't know if Levis can play. I don't know if his ceiling is where Calzada's ceiling right. is. Agreed. You know? We don't know if his TikTok skills will transfer over to his skills on the field. Is no. he a, is he a big TikTok? Oh yeah, guy? he he blew up on TikTok a couple weeks ago because. His girlfriend took a TikTok of him pouring mayonnaise into his coffee and drinking it. Um, so he gets he gets a lot of like memey stuff done on TikTok. But it was it was a joke, obviously. But that kind of stuff blows up. But it, can it transfer to his uh, game managing and passing ability? We'll see. That's something I could understand. Maybe if I watched it, I'd be like, "That's hilarious!" and yeah. laugh at it. But hearing it, you're like, "What? Well, what is wrong just with this guy?" Stupid. Then we have Florida, LSU. I mean, I think Florida's going yeah, to crush them. Yeah, I think LSU's kind of crumbling here. Florida needs a win. I mean, they need to kind of get rolling again here. So I think Florida comes I mean, seriously, if LSU, what's their record? Do we three, know? Three and two, right? I don't know. Or it's two not and that three. bad. I think if you... Three and they're three. three and three. Yeah. What's their schedule look like? Can you click on it real quick? Yeah, I mean, they got Florida, Ole Miss, Alabama, Arkansas... And then uh, Louisiana Monroe and A and M. So that's four games. Besides Louisiana Monroe, they could lose all of those games. Yeah, absolutely. Which is so, crazy to think about because if that happens, they got three wins. Coach O's gone at that point. I, I mean, think if he wins four games, I mean lo- loses all of them or whatever. Yeah. Oh, if he wins four total. Yeah, if he wins four total. Yeah. And like uh, Louisiana Monroe's his only win to finish the season. I mean, you got to fire him, right? Uh, I don't. Maybe. I don't know. I, feel, I, don't know. I, I don't think they pulled the trigger on him, honestly. But you know, shocking. More shocking things have happened. But definitely, I definitely don't see LSU winning this game. If they, Florida, Florida's going to come out swinging for sure. If they have a bad year this year, I don't see it getting better, unless you find another Joe Burrow somewhere. Seriously, I just don't see them 
I mean, so many other teams. You have A&M getting better. Alabama's still Alabama. Ole Miss is getting better. Arkansas is getting better. You're getting left in the dust in that West Division. And I don't see it getting better anytime soon for them. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I don't know if he'll get fired this year. But if he could realistically, if they have a losing season this year, have another one next year which they might not even let it get to that. We saw that with Les Miles when he was there. They didn't even let him finish out the season, you know, before they brought Coach Owen, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Then we have, oh, a little exciting kind of American game, UCF-Cincinnati. And while UCF doesn't have Gabriel anymore, it'll still be a, I think it'll still be kind of a fun game to watch. Yeah. And it was uh, Desmond Ritter. I saw him being interviewed by Joel Klatt, and he said, and I agree with this, actually. He said, I don't care if you're playing in the SEC or the American Conference. Conference, like, league football, when you're playing conference games, are going to be tough. Yeah. And I agree with that. Just bad blood. I think Cincinnati is heads and shoulders above everyone else in the American Conference, for sure. But when you have a target on your back like that, yeah. and, you're go- and you know you have to be perfect. Everyone's trying to play their absolute best game against you. Well, you just know you you are striving for perfection, and yeah. that just at some point that could get to you a little bit pressure wise, or just you know you can't take a game off at all. No, not when at you're all. Doing what they're doing, I do think they'll come out and win that game. I'd like to. I need to check the spread on that, see what it would be, because I think I mean I'm a big Cincinnati guy. I think as long as they keep doing what they're doing, they got a really good shot at going to the playoff, and I hope they do because I think they're good enough to beat some teams, especially this year. How crazy would that be? If we had Cincinnati in the be, national I'd, championship, I'd love it. I'd love it. Yeah, I think that's it'd be kind of the definition of this season if it keeps playing out how we've seen so far. Yeah, just a team, just no one knows what's going to happen. <laughs> Competition everywhere. I've, I've got a spread check for you: Cincinnati minus nineteen and a half. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's too that's too big for me to play with, but I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if it happens. But yeah, if they win by three touchdowns or something. Maybe even more because their defense is so good. That's yeah. People for I mean I love Desmond Ritter and that offense. They they are design. They have super super good play designs and everything. But that defense is tenacious. Then we have ooh Iowa versus Purdue trap game. Yeah, what Trush will put down. Yeah, I put a little trap game here. Iowa's number two, and that kind of big ranking for Iowa is going to hang heavy on their heads. I feel like they're going to be fat and happy. They're playing a crappy team like Purdue. This seems like the perfect trap game storm to me. Well, and Iowa is Iowa. They beat Ohio State by 40, and then they lose to, yeah, Purdue or yeah. North Dakota State, like yeah. <laughs> someone random. So, I yeah, I kind of like what you said there. So, Purdue, be on the lookout for them this week. I feel like Iowa could, could drop this. They think they're way better than they are right I now. I haven't watched a single minute of Purdue football this year, though. That's the only thing that I don't know yeah, how. That is true. So that, But I, that would be hilarious to see, honestly. I wouldn't. I really hope Iowa keeps winning because I'd love for Nebraska to just ruin their championship hopes at the end of the year. But we'll see what happens. Hey, the spread, well, I was just going to say the spread on this game is Iowa minus 12 and a half. Ooh, I might take Purdue on that. Well, here's the thing. you're This is the number two team in the country playing Purdue. And it's, tw- I mean, 12 and a half sounds big, and it is, but, but at the same time. I mean, imagine if Georgia was playing yeah, Purdue I mean, or someone. Minnesota you know. beat Purdue twenty to thirteen last week at Purdue. This is a game Iowa goes in. It lays an egg. Or um, I, I won't say they'll lose, 
but it's a game they go in and they end up winning like twenty to ten. This know? is going to be a, a classic game. Big Ten matchup. We'll Trenches see though. This will be a good one to see if Iowa's turned the corner and doesn't you know lose games like that anymore. Uh, we have Nebraska Minnesota. I'll go ahead and say it. I think Nebraska is going to come out. Like I said, this team's a little different. I think they'll respond well as they did after they lost to Michigan State and then went and played Northwestern. Minnesota, they lost Mohamed Ibrahim at the beginning of the year, mm. and then it was just announced that their next running back is out for the season. Yes. I think Nebraska will win this game by three touchdowns. I think they will dominate in Minnesota, which will be great because P.J. Fleck has become a guy I just love to beat and hate losing to, so I hope they come out and just smash him. Just play like you did. Honestly, play like you have been. Play good defense. Minnesota is not Michigan. They're not even close. Come out. Run your offense. Run those play calls. Open up the playbook. Get up quick. That's the only thing that this Husker team hasn't done a lot of this year. Get up and score. Like Tennessee's been scoring at the beginning. Just go and try to establish the run a little bit. They kind of got it going towards the end of the game last uh, week against Michigan. Let Adrian Martinez go loose and let him have fun and get up early and close it out you need you have to win this game if you're nebraska you have to beat minnesota and purdue those are two games absolutely you have to chalk up as w's before you think about because if you don't win those you're not going to a bowl game yeah texas a&m missouri reese what do we think about yeah that you want to close this out here reese uh yeah texas a&m we're running on a big high after knocking down number one uh missouri is a garbage team so i think we we, uh, we come out and we win this one fair and square. I'm not expecting a blowout, but I think Texas A&M puts it all together. We're feeling good, and this is uh, we're about to make a second half of the season run. Yeah, Missouri's been playing so bad, honestly. Yeah, they're just... Especially the way I've seen A&M run the ball at times and seen how bad Missouri is at tackling. They, I mean, they just can't tackle anybody. It's bad. Everyone should score 40 points on Missouri yeah. in the SEC, besides, unless you're Vandy or South Carolina. I mean, it's I bad. Think. No, I yeah, think. I think I think we're going to win. I think, you know, I think we might continue the special teams trend. Like, we had that kickoff return for a touchdown against Alabama. I've been saying all year that Anias Smith, is he's our punt returner, number zero. They call him sub-zero. He's awesome. I'm, I've been saying he's – Due to break a punt return and score for a touchdown, I think something like that could happen. But honestly, I'm not, I'm not batting an eye against Missouri. This should be a, a layup win for the Aggies if they really are who we think they are. Well, there you go. Um, I mean, that's pretty much it for college football, at least all the big games, at least. Um, I was looking at the NFL slate, and I felt like we kind of had a down week this upcoming week, some crappy games, but there's still some good ones uh, to be found in the slate here. Uh, we got Chargers-Ravens to kick us off for uh, one of the best games. That's going to be interesting. Ravens not looking too good tonight. Chargers look on top of the world. What do we think there? Chargers have turned into my... Well, and as if, we say yeah, that, the Ravens as, just block a Colts field goal. So, there you go. so they're still, they're in, still in this game, down by eight points with there you four go. and a half that was minutes huge. left. Was that Calais Campbell? Yes, it was. Wow, he's like six foot eight, and he's yeah. massive. So there you go. Ravens that still he blocked in. it. But I think I, I don't even care about that. I do think that the Chargers win this game. The Raver, the uh, the Ravens are a mediocre team in my book. I mean, they've got some dudes, but I don't know. I, I think they're just kind of hovering around that good not great type of category well i'm gonna say if i was going to like pick a super bowl winner today or if i was going to let's see what division 
Bucks are in the NFC, correct? And yes. Chargers yes. In the NFC, NFC South. I would pick Chargers Bucks Super Bowl right now. I could see that. Because the Chargers, I think, are just playing better than it. They're just playing really well right now. Yeah. Their offense, no one can stop it. Defense isn't great. Uh, obviously, we saw it against the Browns. The Browns offense did really well against them. And yeah. They just fell up a little short. Real quick, we didn't mention this. Chunt. Browns threw a Hail Mary at the end of that game. And it could have been caught. Baker Mayfield put that ball in the perfect Yeah, literally it was perfect like, spot. It could it not was have like been the a better sport. Browns didn't realize that they actually had a chance well, to catch it. They had they fell over. The yeah. receivers fell over in the end zone. And I'm thinking if no one trips over each other. That was a touchdown. Like yeah, I was thinking I think it the was a touchdown. Thing. But anyway, uh yeah, I, I think the Chargers will come out and win that game just because I think their offense is pretty unstoppable right now. And like you said, yeah, the Ravens, they're three and one, and we'll see what happens at the end of this game. I think they're still a dangerous team, but... They're feisty. I'll we'll give have them to, that. They're feisty. Their yeah, offense I, just isn't the same with all the running back injuries. Yeah. And, and I want to say they're inconsistent, but it's too early in the season to really say that yet, I think. Yeah. But I'm just Teams not... Find that I think the Chargers are hot right now, and they'll they'll come out with Yeah, I mean, if the Ravens are down right now to a Colts team with a duo of Carson Wentz and Jonathan Taylor, I can only imagine that the Chargers with a duo of Justin Herbert and Austin Eckler, and then throw in Mike Williams, I can only imagine that they just beat him down hard. That's my that's my take. Yeah. And the, ooh, this is a good game, though. Cardinals-Browns. Yeah. Cardinals are coming off a... They, they finally tough, didn't have a... Win yeah, they didn't San have an offensive explosion, but the defense yeah. came to play. Well, that's a division game, so, I mean... Yeah, it's going to be tough. Yeah. You know division games are tough. But it also just goes to show they're a complete team, in my opinion. Yeah. Right? That they, when got the offense defense, isn't clicking, yeah. the defense can step up. Defense is there to pick them up and shut down a team. Yeah, and the way the Browns have been playing, the Browns are exciting to watch. So they are. And it, I mean, if I'm a Browns guy, this is a, I would call this a must win for the Browns. I think the Browns need to have this win in like the early to middle part of their season to carry them into the latter half because you know they've lost a, a couple close ones and. They yeah, they are going to the come out. They they're going to come, come out hungry for this, and that you know I don't know I don't can't remember who the Cardinals have played, but the Browns even though they you know had a lot of points scored on them in the Chargers, the Browns have a really good defense. Miles Garrett is a freak, so I don't know. We'll see if the rush can get to Kyler Murray, but he's a magician, so yeah. I don't know. I mean up. Up next here, the Sunday night game I thought was a pretty good one with Big Ben having a little bit of a resurgence. He, Not, Najee Harris had a big game. Yeah, he Big Ben had a 50-yard bomb last week and now is going to be facing a Seahawks secondary that is really not that good. Could be all. could be interesting here. Big I, I, Ben is doing just enough to kind of keep people or keep Steelers fans probably like hanging on. Yeah, just being like, like we oh, can turn this still. Yeah. Not, he's still got it a little bit. But I think, uh, do, I mean, do we have an update on Russell Wilson? Like, is he fine or? Uh, I mean, he's a fighter. I mean, yeah, it, unless I, it's really bad, I would expect him to play. Right, but how? I mean, is it going to affect him a lot? Because it's on his throwing hand. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's on his throwing hand. I mean, with how well Geno Smith played, do you not want to risk like re-injury and then just let Geno go? Play one more week. I mean, I personally. Oh I think, wait, doctors believe Seattle Seahawks QB has realistic chance to return in four weeks. So oh, it could so be not, the yeah, it yeah, could be the Geno playing. show oh, here for Gino a little bit. Yeah, he's not playing yeah. for a while. Then but I still think the Seahawks will win this game. I do too. Yeah, he. Uh, I like. I think he had Gino, to go undergo surgery. I think Gino will do enough in the 
I, I just think the Seahawks are better. Yeah, and the Steelers are just like, they're so gross. Like, yeah, Big Ben kind of had a little bit of a bounce back, but they're just... They're not they're, that good. They just, don't impress me. They're Not no. at all. They just like kind of hang around barely, and then they won that game this weekend. But I don't know. I think Seahawks win this because, you know, maybe Geno connects on a couple deep balls with Lockett or Metcalf, and the defense, Bobby Wagner, has a fumble recovery or something. <coughs> I, I don't see the Steelers doing much of anything. Well, there you go. We, yeah. um, we've we got a very fun game to finish us off on Monday night, which will be uh, – Probably watching while we record next week's pod. Um, I, don't, I don't. We might have to push the record date back because I might be at the game. Oh yeah. Oh, that's sure. true. That's true. We'll figure something out. Be on the lookout for that. But Titans Bills. Let's uh, let's talk it now. I Oof. mean, it, it's going to be tough. I'm 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 slightly nervous. I believe we opened up at five and a half point dogs, right? Something like that. I like our odds. I like I mean, our odds too. The Bills, to me. Them and the Chargers are looking just as good as anyone right now, or better than anyone else in the league right now. However, this is a game that the we've Titans. seen Titans. While they can lose yeah. to the Jets, they can come out and like beat down. I mean, they did it last year. They yeah. beat down on the Bills when you really weren't sure. When you really thought the Bills were a lot better. Yeah, and this is kind of the same storyline. So I, the defense worries me in a game with. Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and the way Emmanuel Sanders has been playing and the way Zach Dawson Mox has been playing. Devin Singletary. Well, They've, you know, yeah, we I say that we say that, but last year was kind of the same story. Yeah. The the Bills were going off. Josh Allen was playing really well. And we played them on a Tuesday night game and the Titans like come out to, there and punch him in the damn yeah, mouth. 17. Dominated them. So it was it was awesome. even close. I yeah. mean, you know, maybe the Bills have a little bit of like personal pride in this one after a loss last year, but I don't count the Titans out. I mean, no, we no, have we literally have Derrick Henry, and hopefully Julio Jones is back for this game, and Bud Dupree. So that would be huge. I'm yeah. I'm not counting us out, but I'm not. I'm also not super hopeful. So I don't know if we talked about it. The Titans have a gauntlet these this next yeah, month. Yeah, we do. It's Bills, Chiefs, Colts, and Rams. So if we were and, able to go two and two in those four games, I'll be happy. But yeah. And then we got, I mean, Saints, Texans, Pats. Texans aren't that good, but Saints no. and Pats are both going to be tough. I mean, yeah, but but we'll see. We'll see what happens. It, it'll be a fun. It'll be a fun game, regardless. I hope that we just make it a game. You dude, know, even two and two though, like you're five and four, right? Isn't that what our record would be? Yeah, that's not that. That's not where you want to <laughs> be. Yeah, but in, in, the, in our division, in though, the division it, though, exactly. yeah, yeah, in yeah. the division, who cares? But hopefully, hey, maybe we go three and one there, and. Uh, we lose the Bills, but then come in strong, beat the Chiefs. Who knows what happens? It's a wild season, man. It's well, a long season. What are the yeah. uh, Colts are one and three? Yeah. What are the probably? Well, we'll see. Lamar, did he get oh in? My God. Oh, did, oh, he, did fumble? he just fumble? No way. No, they called him down. They called him down. Anyways, we'll we'll see. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, Colts. The, I guess everyone else really is playing from behind compared to us. Because to the Texans, what's their record? They, they did have just one win, win, didn't they? Or did they not? No, they lost. No, they lost. Davis Mills had a really good game. Yeah. Davis Mills is back. So Jags stay defeated. Yeah, so we Texans do have only a, have one win. I mean, pretty, we've got a nice, pretty good cushion yeah. now, right now. Okay, well, yeah. There we go. Reese, do you have my favorite segment of the show? Do you have any good uh, Swafford's hot corner takes for tonight? Well, he hasn't given me much updates, but he did text me a little bit over the weekend, so maybe I'll. I'll say a couple things. Um, I will say we have seen. Looks like the Gruden Bowl. Yeah, rough, rough scene there. Yeah, we can give an update on Swaff's takes, and then like all the they're... college football talk of 
not no not, parody and nobody like yeah no one the same to, thing yeah. i mean it is the top the, teams are the best and everybody else is so far separated from them and the top 25 is a joke well, right. well that is that is know. completely out that the has window. been debunked now i will say this isn't to say we could still have a playoff of simply like Alabama, Bama, Georgia, Oklahoma, and, and Ohio State, maybe right, or something right. Like that. that could I mean, still happen. But the, I mean, if that happens, it just happens, in my opinion. The whole thing of these teams being so much better than everyone else is obviously debunked because A and M, while yeah, they they played really well and could go on a run and end up having a solid season. I mean, there's teams that are better than A&M in college football right now. You know, there's no, yeah, okay. there's there's a good amount of teams that are either at that level or above that level. So, interesting to say the least. But yeah, does he have any other any other takes? Well, he was talking he was talking to me about uh, Justin Herbert, and he made some comparisons. Um, he did say that Drew Brees has said that he's never seen a throwing ability like Justin Herbert. Oh, so I saw high, that. Yeah, high praise from Drew Brees. Drew Brees, and then he also said. Mahomes is like Aaron Rodgers for me. Always going to make the insane throws and will always be the most talented on the field. But that kind of production just isn't always sustainable, as opposed to a production like Brady or Manning just pushing the ball down the field. So that's a shot at Patrick Mahomes. And a little bit at Aaron Rodgers. That's right. So, I mean, I I kind of agree with him. Mahomes has been not quite the... You know, insane guy. But he's got to get it together a little bit. But I mean... It's a long season. Yeah, it's a long season. Yeah. And Aaron Rodgers, his whole fault that will always be... You know, he only has one Super Bowl. That's his fault, apparently. McCarthy had a lot to do with that, I I, And I agree, because... Aaron Rodgers has had a great career, obviously. Yeah. And but his defense always just gives up a bunch of points. Well, and he never got help from the front office. I mean, that's the whole yeah. drama they went through. He never got help from the front office with draft picks or anything. He had such a tough go with coaches and front office people. You know, he's, in my mind, one of the best quarterbacks of all time, in most people's minds, probably. So, But I, I kind of get where he's coming from. I, Mahomes has got a get it together a little bit, and at least just try to be consistent. However, the ability of making insane plays helps. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, and I think Thomas might have uh, prematurely texted me about this, but it kind of returns to one of his previous takes. He said, my first ever hot take is going to be the best one. Sam Darnold is for real, and the Panthers are going to be 4-1 and without McCaffrey these last two weeks, and they just added Stephon Gilmore. And I think the Panthers lost this past week. They did, with Philly having that uh, great comeback. So I do agree with him, though. I think Sam Darnold's the yeah. real deal. I think he's he'll, doing he'll well. He'll be better. Yeah. All right, well, well do you want to, uh, I guess, do our weekly closeout here? Um, I'll kick us off because one play that I was talking about earlier, I'm going to stick with it, Purdue, plus 12.5. Um, I mean, just thinking about that, I think Iowa, they're in a trap game here. It's not going to be good. I'll uh, be on the lookout for maybe some NFL plays later this week. As always, be uh, on the look at Paydirt Sports, uh, the blog website. So uh, check that out for some future picks. But I'm thinking Purdue plus 12 and a half. Book it. Is that it for you? Yeah, on that's this, it. Or for at me. least for now. For now. Yeah. For now. I'm looking, and so I hate betting on my own teams, although I did it last week and it worked for Tennessee. Some people always say don't bet on your team, and I understand where that comes from. But sometimes – you have a better idea of how good your team is or 
you know, maybe. you have a little inside information. <laughs> maybe. We'll see. I hope I'm not eating my words because the Huskers really need to win this Saturday. But I totally believe they'll come out and beat Minnesota by multiple scores. I said three touchdowns, and I wouldn't, like, I mean, okay, maybe it's, you know, two touchdowns. But I could really see the Huskers coming out and winning this game 41-17. to That's what I predicted, actually. And me, my dad, and some guys back in Nebraska do a kind of prediction game. Each, yeah. We predict each game, and whoever's closest at the end of the season wins a prize. So I'm going to go Nebraska, minus three and a half. Book it. I love it. And then I think I'm going to go Michigan State minus four and a half against Indiana. Um, Michigan State hasn't beaten a ranked team yet. They're undefeated still. But I still think, I mean, they're a pretty solid team in my opinion. They have a good running game. They got Kenneth Walker. They got a good defense. Mel Tucker's doing a really good job there. Um, Their quarterback just doesn't make a lot of mistakes. And I like that pick. So those are my two. I'm kind of scrolling through real quick just to see if I like anything else. And maybe you shouldn't bet against your your friend's team since they beat the number one team this yeah. past weekend. That's that might be something you should stop doing. Could be, but Correct. if yeah. we do, if we did go back on tape, you yourself, did, Reese, I, did say not to bet on the Aggies. Yeah. So self jam. I just, <laughs> I just I just jammed myself. But yeah, I think I'm going to stick with those two. I don't I don't love anything else. I don't think. Um, as I as I scroll through, well, if I were, I mean, I would I would put money. I don't really bet that ooh, much, ooh, but ooh. I would also bet on A and M to beat Missouri this week. I don't know what the spread is, but A and M is at minus nine, and actually, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and throw that as well. So there three favorites for me. Thank you. Like I said, Missouri they can't tackle. They cannot tackle as long as A and M can run the ball every have, down. In we my have opinion, dudes. we have dudes on our team. So yeah, I'm going to go. A&M minus nine, Huskers minus three and a half, Michigan State minus four and a half. Those three, I'm eight and eight on the season. Let's go three and oh this week, make it 11 and eight yeah, on the yeah. season, make oh, all yeah. these listeners some money. Keep the train rolling. I do like, those may be my favorite, that may, that may be my favorite group of picks in any week so far this season. I really like all three of those. There you go. Um, after, after I did go two and oh last week. So Maybe we'll see throw if we can in a keep, this, keep this train rolling. It was a great week, guys. I mean, Probably my my at least personal favorite weekend of football so far. Um, that was it was an awesome weekend. Titans win, Aggies win, Vols win. Sorry about Nebraska, but good episode, good work. Yeah, you know, I'm excited for this this upcoming weekend. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, guys, be sure to check us out. Check our website out, paydirtsports.blog, Twitter paydirt underscore sports, and Instagram at paydirtsports. All those, if you want to call into the show, send us a DM. If you want to send us a message, get some other topics to talk about. We are here to serve you. We're here to give you the content you want to hear. So go ahead, reach out to us. Thanks again for listening. Uh, Yeah, we'll see you all next week. Reese, what you got? Yeah, I also just wanted to give uh, one of our loyal listeners and probably the biggest fan, maybe maybe the biggest fan out there for us, my uh, grandfather, Papal, as many many know him by, he had an 85th birthday today. So wow. thank you for listening, Papal. We love you. Um, hope you had a great birthday. Happy yes. birthday, Papal. Yeah, thank you birthday. for listening. Thank you for listening. We appreciate it for sure. Guys, I think that about yeah, wraps us that's up. That's about the best note we could close it on. And we're going to finish off watching this Monday night game that is going awesome. We're about to see if the Colts can maybe kick a game-winning field goal. But, yeah, we'll go ahead and wrap it up. Guys, thanks again for listening, and we'll see you all next week. All right, see you all next week. Pater it out.